Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, Taylor... The national mask mandate on airplanes and public transportation um, is gone, at least right now. Yeah, that's kind of it was. I, I mean, people were cheering on airplanes yesterday. The they actually made the announcement yesterday. They showed some uh, some videos. So if you don't know, on airplanes, on buses, even Uber is taking the mask mandate mm-hmm. away. So uh, I, a uh, federal judge here in Florida, again, Florida leading the way, um, sided against the CDC, and it struck down the mask mandate. And basically now airlines, airports, uh, mass transits can make their own decision. It's not federally mandated, and a lot of them are saying, okay, you don't have to do it. It's up to you. So uh, I think uh, I think it's a, a great day for freedom, right? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, only, it just took a while. Yeah, it only took two years and happened by, you know, judicial fiat. And, of course, it's one that we appreciate. But still, I don't think that's necessarily how uh, the Constitution is supposed to play out, um, that we are just ruled by uh, court order. But at the same time, it's a good thing that uh, people no longer have to be subjected to... Uh, unconscionable mass mandate. So it's good. Uh, I, can this get kicked up to a higher court and then that judge say, okay, never mind, it's back on? Uh, it could um, right now, but think about it. Do you really think they want to risk the the political capital that's going to cost? It's going to cost a pretty extensive amount of political capital to fight that battle right now because now – I mean, literally, they took the mask off yesterday on the planes, and people were cheering, and and that's like, oh, you got freedom? No, you don't. You got freedom? No, you don't. And it would be a bad, and not that they wouldn't do that. I mean, you know, but. Well, I would say, you know, they haven't done what's been politically expedient so far. You know, uh, you can't <laughs> trust true. you can't trust a cult member to do what's in the best interest of uh, their party. So, you know, I would agree that going into an election uh, here at the end of the year that they would not take that up as a fight to take. Uh, but you never know just because that they've done things, this administration uh, and the Democrat leadership have done things that are like, man, what are I, just politically? What, what are you thinking? I mean, they're hemorrhaging in every you know category, except for <laughs> basically middle-aged uh, suburban women, you know, that they're completely losing uh, the will of the people, but they persist. So, well, just so you know, Catherine Kimball Mazell, thank you. Uh, she is the federal judge who uh, made that uh, decision, and she said it exceeds the CDC's statutory authority and it violates the procedures required for agency rulemaking under the Administrative Procedures Act. I mean, um, she's right. 
and she's right. And then she was, it would have been right. I just don't know why it took them two years to rule that. I mean, really, I mean, it, they could have ruled that a year and a half ago. I think under the initial, the initial warnings, everybody, nobody knew, right? But after a year, I mean, but I'm, I'm glad that she did. Um, it, so, it is interesting, though, that, you know, that those uh, announcements were made and people on the planes cheered and took their masks off, and, they, and yet they were wearing them this whole time. If that's how they felt about them coming off, it's like... Well, Lori, my wife, know. came back from Missouri without a mask on, on the plane, which, uh, and she said nobody said anything to her. And uh, she said she's a trendsetter. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's so, ahead of the curve. Yeah, she was ahead. So, uh, but... Right now, if you look at what's going on over in China, it's terrible right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, China has a zero COVID policy, which basically they're locking down anything and everything. Yeah, and there's actually a reason for that that I I was not aware of. Um, but I guess basically, you know, under Chinese culture, um, the mandate of heaven. Uh, one of the signs that a regime or an emperor has lost the mandate of heaven is that there's plague and pestilence in the land. So they have a vested interest in stamping it out so that people don't have, uh, you know, a leg to stand on to claim, hey, these people need to be overthrown. Well, um, they uh, there was an article in the New York Times by a guy named Lee Yuan who mm-hmm. wrote about back in 1958, the Chinese uh, communist government, thought that there were too many sparrows, you know, the little mm-hmm. birds yeah. in in China. And all over China, people were banging on pots and pans, lighting firecrackers, waving flags to keep birds from landing so that they would fall and die from exhaustion. And by one estimation, almost two billion sparrows were killed within months. Why? Um well, guess what happens if you have zero sparrows? You have zero. You have lots of mosquitoes, mm-hmm. um, but uh, and also other insects that birds eat. Um, and so, the, isn't it funny when you think about how a government says, "Okay, we don't like the sparrows. There's too many," but they don't think about all the things that are associated with those sparrows. What they do It's kind of like I, I try to tell my wife about snakes. She doesn't like snakes. Mm-hmm. And I said, snakes aren't bad. They eat rodents and other things that you want them to eat. And most snakes are going to stay out of your stuff. They're, they don't like humans. They want to stay away. But she doesn't like, I mean, black runners, man, all day <laughs> long. It's the, it's the copperheads and the moccasins and the rattlesnakes. But even they're good for the echo environment, man. I mean, they they eat rodents and stuff that you don't like. People, we don't want rats everywhere, right? And so the snakes are good. So I know just God. Just stay put, out of my house. Yeah, though. just stay yeah. out of the house. <laughs> well, I showed Lori somebody in Nocatee the other day. I had some garden shoes outside, and they went to look in there, and there was a rattlesnake oh. inside their, or a, or a water moccasin one. I can't remember, but it was inside their garden shoe. Always check your shoes if you leave them outside. Yeah, maybe don't leave them outside. <laughs> It makes yeah. it easy for people to steal no anyway, kidding, right? man. So anyway, but that that was a big deal about the mass mandate. Um, again, another thing, DeSantis is just rocking on. He has basically mm-hmm. called the Florida legislature to um, target Disney's self-governing status and terminate it. Say no more. Uh, 
And, and I, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. It's, it's been a long time coming. He also uh, said that they're looking in how to, uh, to you know, bring up charges or uh, take active measures against uh, Twitter's board because I guess uh, a lot of the pension fund, not a lot, but some of the pension fund is invested in Twitter stock. And so as a shareholder, they're looking to... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He said he was looking for ways to do that. I saw that today. That's good. Yeah. Well, um, Elon Musk is uh, still, I think, trying to take it over, right, Twitter? Yep. Uh, you know, the, the administration, or the, the uh, sorry, the, the, the board members, they instituted what's called the poison pill, which is basically that if he tries to get too aggressive, they can uh, give some of their board members shares at a lower value. Um, but I think with the the next step is from what I've heard is that they're that uh, he's probably going to try to make a direct appeal to the shareholders. Um, so he has a lot of options, and uh, Twitter the 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 board doesn't really have uh, you know a good leg to stand on. I guess I'd say. Well, um, there is some other good news out there. Uh, President Joe Biden has said he's going to run again in twenty twenty four because he's the only one that can beat Donald Trump. Which I think uh, uh, that's that that'll be that'll be interesting uh, how they handle all that going into that. Uh, oh, the other thing that did you see where they uh, withdrew? They're not going to do the debates anymore. No, yeah, that because the the um, the moderators were so uh, slanted. So yeah, a lot going on in the news in the political world in uh, the 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 you know even. Um, it's still Ukraine fighting hard over there and uh, against Russia and um, a lot, a lot of that stuff going on. Just a lot of areas that we can pray for uh, as we, uh, as we look at our world, especially coming out of Easter and the hope that we have, um, you know, there's, there's, there's lots of uh, refugees everywhere from Ukraine both in Europe, I heard some are going through Mexico to try to yeah, come. 5, yeah, five thousand. Yeah, to to the U.S. and um, which uh, that I think refugee status is the next safest country. Like, so, like, you're not technically a refugee if you're trying to come through the Mexican uh, border into the United States. Uh, those are just probably people looking to take advantage of a situation. But uh, you know, uh, that is interesting. Uh, that hints to another issue that we have big time on the southern border. Um, and doesn't seem like there's really much being done about it or looking to be done about it. So, uh, I think that'll probably just keep getting worse. Yeah. Hey, going back to the mass mandate, you had asked a question about them appealing. Normally it's automatic, like they do it right away, but they held off on it hmm. and said they're, and, and they, they put out word that they were studying the opinion right now. Because I don't think they, they've got a legal leg to stand on. I think she made a good ruling on it, which well, means that, it would stand up in the appeals court. And and that is going to not bode well for the Biden administration if they try to fight it simply for the sake of fighting it. But until they appeal it and win it, you don't have to wear a mask. Right. I, I'd be curious uh you know you said they're looking at the ruling i know that she's uh got a lot of backlash and criticism uh after this and there's people who are questioning her you know uh, ability to be a judge and stuff like that so maybe some political motivation there uh not sure though i haven't i haven't seen that so that's interesting well one pilot said ladies and gentlemen this is your captain speaking it's the most important announcement i've ever made the federal mask mandate is over 
take off your mask if you choose. And then the whole plane just started clapping, man. Isn't that great? Yeah, pretty cool. All right, you're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. with all my hope welcome back to swat radio swat stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth and if you are just joining us this week we are going to be looking at the resurrection uh looking at luke chapter 24 verses 1 through 53 this is a bit of a departure from our normal look that we've been going through acts uh, but it was obviously appropriate with easter uh just having passed so that is where we're at today um we will be looking at Verses what we looked at verses one through twelve uh, yesterday, so we'll be moving on from there. Today we're going to be looking at thirteen through thirty-five, the road to Emmaus, a very very well known passage of scripture in the Bible. And uh, again, the you know that story is powerful even in and of itself, but when you look at it in the context of three stories all together, and I I think you miss some of the power of how it plays into what Luke under the inspiration of the Holy spirit is trying to get across. Mm. Remember yesterday we looked at um, the women who went to the tomb. We looked at uh, some of the evidence. We talked about evidence. Like when I was an FBI agent, you know, uh, evidence on trial and the, the witnesses, we talked about them yesterday and uh, really the, the, the resurrection is the most important hinge point truth for our faith when we look at our faith. Because without the resurrection, the cross doesn't mean anything. Without the resurrection, there's no hope. I mean, there, uh, Jesus, if he died on the cross, but nobody ever saw him, if it wasn't true, then everything he said was a lie. Because he said, I'm going to die, and three days later, I'm going to rise again. And so we saw yesterday the women... Uh, well, we well, let me go back real quick just to to brief debrief um, that uh, there was a question that the angels asked the women at the tomb: Why do you seek the living among the dead? 
And then the angels, under the direction of God, said, remember what he told you. Remember his words. His word. Uh, in all three of these stories, both this one, the road to Emmaus, and then even with the apostles, um, the word of God is the central point that we don't believe in God because of some miraculous sign we saw. And even these people, he keeps taking back to the word. Even though they saw an angel, the angels remind them of the word. The road to Emmaus, Jesus himself appears, but he takes them to the word. He doesn't just say, okay, you've seen me, now you should believe. He takes them to the word to explain what the word said about Messiah and that he fulfilled that. And the same with the apostles. And so we saw in all four gospel accounts, there was an empty tomb. In all four gospel accounts, there was an angelic witness. In all four gospel accounts, there was a witness of women, which really couldn't even be a witness in a Jewish court. And in all four gospel accounts, the unbelief of the apostles was highlighted. And we talked about how these women saw Jesus die, they saw him buried, and then they saw him resurrected. They saw an empty tomb, they saw an angel, and then they saw the resurrected Jesus. They go and tell the disciples, not just the 12 apostles, but they also tell the other disciples that were all gathered in that locked house at John Mark's house. And two of them, one of them named Cleopas and another one, get discouraged And they say, we're going home. And that's really what we're looking at today in verses 13 through 35. I'm going to have you read it. And uh, we're going to we're going to look at what's going on in this text and let the text speak to what we're saying and just make a couple of observations about what happens here. But if you could read 13 all the way through verse 35, it's a pretty long text. All right. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all the, these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, "Said to them, excuse me, what is the conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk?" And they stood stood still, looking, looking sad. Sorry, not feeling too great today. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb earlier in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning from Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scripture the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village 
to which they were going, he acted as, as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it, and he gave it to them. And their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. So keep in mind what's happened here, okay? The women go to the tomb, see it empty. They see an angel. They see Jesus. They go back and tell the apostles of which these two were there with them. They don't believe. They think it's an idle tale. These two get discouraged and say, we're going back to Emmaus. So they start you know, going back to Emmaus. It's about seven miles from Jerusalem. And while they were talking and discussing, it says in verse 15, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Now, what's great about that is this, these were just two guys like me and you, two ordinary guys who are confused and they're they're discouraged about the gospel that Jesus had preached. They thought he was going to be the one to deliver Jerusalem. But in their minds, again, what did they think? It was going to be about a military overthrow of Rome. And his death and the way Rome treated him, if he was really God, didn't add up. Why would God or the Son of God allow himself to be desecrated like that? So they're very confused. But Jesus draws near to them. And it says, but their eyes were kept for recognizing him. Why? Salvation always begins with God. It never starts with us. Nobody comes to him. Nobody seeks him on their own. And our eyes are closed. That's why if you have a loved one who's not walking with Christ, you have someone that you're praying for that seems hostile, pray that God would melt their heart and open their eyes. He prevented them from seeing him because he wanted them to have faith in him through what? His word. Through his word. Notice that he started with the scriptures before he ever let them see who he was. He kept taking them back to scripture. Romans 10 says, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. Jesus takes his word in this text, and he teaches and opens their eyes and their hearts to receive him. And I think it's a beautiful thing the way he did it. He says, you know, just look at what they said. You know, now a lot of people, I've even had guys at SWAT who said, well, weren't they believers? They were disciples. Well, listen, you can be a disciple without being a believer, but you can't be a believer without being a disciple. You get that? Mm-hmm. And so these men were following, but they were not believers. They weren't. In fact, they yeah, one of them, one of the guys said, yeah, but it says uh, Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. You know who else? Who else could say that? Muslims could say that. Mm-hmm. 
They could say that same thing about Jesus. They don't believe Jesus was the Son of God. Um, and he, they go on to say, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him, but uh, to be die and crucified. But we had hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. In other words, we thought he was the Messiah, but he wasn't. So they did not believe he was a Messiah. And they said, and besides, it's the third day. So, yes, they remembered what he had said. And isn't it fascinating that it is the third day? The tomb is empty. There's been an angelic witness to women. The women testified they've seen Jesus. And yet, they still didn't believe. The apostles didn't believe. And guess who falls out after the apostles? If the if the big guys aren't believing, why are these guys not going to? I mean, they're not going to believe either. The apostles were still doubting. And so did these guys, and they wanted to go home. But Jesus comes alongside them. And you know what it says? It says he opened their eyes and their hearts. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Do you know nobody saw creation? God spoke it. It came into being, and everybody had to take God at his word. You know, God told Abraham, I mean, told Adam what he had done. Adam told Seth. Seth told his son. And it was passed on. And uh, no one saw the resurrection either. No one was there when Jesus translated out of his clothes. They saw post. And so in the same way it says that faith is believing in creation, we got to have faith to believe in the resurrection. And Jesus started in the scriptures and when we come back, we're going to look at some of the things he might have shared with them. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Nobody by casting crowns. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts, or excuse me, Luke chapter twenty-four, verses one through fifty-three. This week, if you missed any of this program or last week's program, or excuse me, yesterday's program when we first started, you taking uh, drugs, over. man? Are you like taking some kind of cold drugs? Or uh, you know, just a little, uh, <laughs> a little tired today. Yeah. Um, 
But anyway, if you missed any I'll of that. I'll pray for Taylor today. <laughs> Say a prayer for him. And would like to go back and listen, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Click on the past program links. There you'll be able to find our full catalog of programs, including this one, in just about an hour or so. Again, that's the past programs link at www.swatradio.com. Well, you know, Taylor, we are looking at this passage in Luke uh, 24, The Road to Emmaus, and the thing uh, about it is that Jesus went to the scriptures and he opened them up for them to understand. Can you imagine that Bible study? Hmm. I mean, wouldn't that be cool to have the God of the universe teaching you what his word is? There's no questions about interpretation Hmm. there. No questions about, I mean, like that. I mean, it said their hearts burned. Why? Because I think as he was revealing things like maybe in Genesis 3, you know, a sacrifice needed to cover Adam and Eve because they were naked. Or maybe Genesis 3, uh, 15, I mean, where where they were, you know, he said, I'm going to, Satan's going to snap at your heels Mm. but you're going to stomp his head that's me he's Mm. saying that's me guys you know uh exodus the passover lamb i'm the passover lamb that was just kind of a picture of what i was going to do the feast in exodus um we talked about the passover lamb the law was never meant to save you it was just meant to reveal that you need you need a a sacrifice because you you can't keep it Leviticus, the sacrificial system and the uh, the scapegoat that would go away. I'm the lamb that was slain so you could go free. Uh, Deuteronomy, where Moses said God's going to raise up a mediator like me. That's me. And Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When I said that on the cross, I didn't think God had forsaken me. I was saying that to take you back to the text of Psalm 22, that the text that you know, um, you know, um, on a Zechariah where it says they will look on, on the one they've pierced. That's talking about me. So he was taking them through the Old Testament books and the Old Testament teachings about Messiah that he would have to suffer and that he would uh, be resurrected. And it said their hearts burn. And they wanted to continue. They didn't. He said, "I got to go." And they they go, "No, we want you to stay." And uh, it says, when he took when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and he blessed it and broke it, and he gave it to them. I wonder if when he broke it, maybe he said a blessing like he did at the feeding of the five thousand. Maybe these guys were there. Maybe they they just. There was something about the way he broke the bread and he revealed himself where he opened their eyes to see, it says. Their eyes was open and God had to be the one. But it said as soon as their eyes was open, guess what? He vanished. He was no longer there. Why? Because it's not about holding on to the physical Jesus. That's why when Mary grabbed Jesus in another account, he says, don't cling to me, Mary. I'm not yet ascended. He's saying it's not about the human physical Jesus you see, that human body you remember. Uh, I don't have that, but I have a glorified body now. And it says, didn't our hearts burn 
while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures. I believe their hearts burned because they knew they hadn't believed and they were convicted and they repented and believed. And it says they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And what'd they do? They found the 11, those who were with them gathered, and they told him, guess what, guys? He has risen, and he's appeared to Simon. And they told what had happened and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. The breaking of the bread has always been symbolic of relationship, fellowship. And I remember when we were going to Russia early on, we would try to talk to people about relationship and they they didn't have a good word that translated into russian for that but they did understand fellowship it's like a warm communion with each other a warm connection and that's what god wants he doesn't want this sterile atm type personality uh you know or relationship like where you know, none of us have a relationship with our ATMs. We just go use them. You, you don't care about the ATM. You just want it to work. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunately what a lot of people, the way they look at God, they look at God as a spiritual ATM machine. You know, I need your help today, God. I, I can't do it. But they don't really commune with him. They don't spend time with him. They don't talk to him. They don't share their feelings with them they don't share their hurts with them they don't uh say god what do you want me to do today i'm yours i'm here to serve you and recognize that he's the authority in their life and and these men when he broke the bread their eyes were open and they immediately went and started walking back to jerusalem now i want you to understand it, you know they walked seven miles mm-hmm. over tough terrain got there it was nighttime but it was so important for them to go tell the disciples they turned around and walked immediately back that made a big impact on them and when they got back the disciples were so overjoyed now they finally believed because there were a couple of guys not women who said it there were a couple of guys but that's not really what the scripture says is it the scripture we're going to read tomorrow says that no They didn't really believe. The disciples still didn't believe. These men go back and talk to the disciples about what happened on that road, and the disciples still didn't believe he was bodily resurrected. You go, how can they be so dense? I mean, how? I mean, they walked with Jesus. You know, one of the guys at SWAT said, well, that's a hard ask. Well, I, I said, well, what did these guys see during their time of ministry with Jesus? Let's see. They saw people who were blind from birth healed. They saw people who were lame from birth healed. They saw people who were dead, resuscitated and brought back to life. One for four days They saw Jesus feed 5,000 people, 5,000 men and their families, and then 4,000 men and their families. 
I'd say that's a pretty good, impressive little display of uh, supernatural power, wouldn't you? Yeah. And Jesus said he took them up on the mountain, Peter, James, and John, and revealed his glory to them up there, and they saw Moses and Elijah. I mean, that had to be the, the just the whipped cream on top of everything else he showed. But I think when they saw the crucifixion and the flogging, it so rocked them that they thought there's no way he could have been God and allowed that to happen. It was so desecrating, so humiliating, that mm. surely if he was God, he would not allow that. Have you ever had a thought like that in your life? Surely if God was in control, he wouldn't let this happen. Surely if God was in charge, my life would be different. Because I love him and I, I trust him, but it just ain't working out the way that I want it to. I mean, we don't say that, but that's what we really think. Because God owes us, right? Doesn't he owe us? I mean, if we read our Bible, go to church, and do all the right things, doesn't that make God a debtor to us? I don't think so. But that's the way a lot of us look at God. We look at him as if he owes us something because, oh, you know what? We're not that bad. We do a pretty good job. And um, the disciples walked with him, saw all these things, and they had the women who came back. Then they had Cleopas and the other disciple on the road to Emmaus come back, and they still do not believe. I mean, for 1,500 years, the prophets spoke to all these things about Messiah. Basically, that without Messiah, there's no acceptable sacrifice. There's no forgiveness of sins. There is no peace with God. I mean, the, the think about it. When Jesus died, the uh, curtain to the Holy of Holies was torn from top to bottom. And, and Jesus had made all these statements and that where he had quoted scripture, he took them back to the Old Testament. And if really, if his death and resurrection didn't happen, if he just died, then his word can't be trusted. Satan's not conquered. But that's not what happened. It's a historical fact. Jesus did die. He was buried. He was resurrected. And there were witnesses, multiple witnesses, not just to the resurrection, but to his death and burial and resurrection. And these two men saw Jesus talk with him, and he revealed himself to him, and they go back. And so now God has brought multiple witnesses back to his apostles, and still they doubt. But this is how gracious he is. He himself is going to come in among them, and tomorrow we're going to look at what he asked them. We've, we've looked at two questions now. The first question is, why do you seek the living among the dead? That's the question the angels asked the women, and they said, remember his word. Then Jesus asked the guys on the road to Emmaus, what are you discussing about me? Don't you trust God's word? He interpreted the word, and tomorrow we're going to look at the question, why are you troubled? Why do you doubt? And so uh, I know we still have another section. People can call in. Love to have any calls and if anybody wants to weigh in or ask a question, it'd be great. 
All right, so stay tuned. I will give you the number to call after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, You've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies. If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain that is Zach Williams with Chainbreaker. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts. Or excuse me, I keep saying that. We've been looking at Acts, but this week we're looking at Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 53. Yesterday we focused on verses 1 through 12, and today we are focusing on verses 13 through 35. We would love to have you call in and join the discussion or ask any questions that you may have. You can do so at one 844 that's one eight four four triple seven SWAT, or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask a s k at SWATradio.com. You know, um, Taylor, as we look at this text, I mean, it, it really is an encouraging text for people that might be struggling because these men were really discouraged. It said in the text itself, they were sad. Um. You know, and so he opened up their minds and um, opened up their hearts and really encouraged them so much so that they just said, hey, we're going to go back and we got to go back and tell these guys, you know, and uh, and that's exactly what they do. They go back and and they relay to the the disciples and. Uh, and it's really a, a great passage of scripture for encouragement. A lot of people focus on it individually, like they pull that just text out. But it's even more powerful to me in the context of what has happened. You first you have the women, and then you have these men, you know, going, and um, you know, um, and and I I think when we look at our lives, um. The best evidence that we really get the Bible story and the gospel and understand it 
is when we have something exciting to share with somebody. They wanted to go back and share. You couldn't keep them there. They they were like, no. Why were they going there in the first place? You remember? They were discouraged, right? And uh, and and they they said, we we got to go tell them. We can't just sit there and sit on this. I mean, and so they hoofed it all the way back to uh, J- Jerusalem and uh, told the guys who were there in John Mark's house, more than likely. So, um, yeah, I thought I think it's uh, it's really really exciting. Yeah, um, I I was asking you in the break uh, when they said the Lord had risen indeed and had appeared to Simon. Uh, you were telling me that it was probably that he, he appeared to Simon Peter, and then there was still unbelief that we're going to look at tomorrow among the disciples. Well, right? Yeah, yeah, we, we're going to look at that tomorrow because because um, I was confused if Simon was an, an, an like did I miss that it was a name of uh, the other uh, disciple walking on the road because. My first thought was obviously Simon Peter. I'm well, sorry. yeah, and um, you know, here's here's the thing that that that's just kind of thrown in there, and it, it could be that he's you know that uh, Cleopas. We we know Cleopas is the name of one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the it could be that when he. Uh, he says he appeared to Simon. We do know that Jesus appeared to Simon, okay, individually, probably to do a private restoration because he had denied him three times. Remember, he told him he was going to do that. And Simon was pretty shook up about that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, a, it, was a, it was a bad thing for him. He struggled with that. And uh, as you can imagine, any of us would, right? I mean, like, that that's... So it's a thing. I mean, we we don't talk about that a whole lot. The fact that Peter denied him, and people don't see that that was a big deal. He denied him three separate times, um, and lest we think we wouldn't do that, um, it was it was something that um, most people, you know, look at and 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 go, well, you know look at the circumstances and it probably wasn't that big of a deal, but that was pretty bad. It was a bad deal. And Peter really struggled with that. And many people believe that's why he had that, that Jesus came back to him to encourage him. And so, um, when he's saying he appeared to Simon, he could be referencing that. I don't know that anybody knows for sure what he's referencing when he says that, because he just he throws that in there, uh, some people think that it was uh, his appearance to Simon. Um, but yeah, know. yeah, it's just interesting. I mean, at least in the ESV, how it's laid out, you could take it as the disciples, uh, you know, or the eleven and those who were gathered said that to the people who were returning, or it was the people returning saying that to the eleven and those who gathered. Like, you know, it's a just looking at the sentence. I. Like okay, I could well you know well in First Corinthians fifteen it says when Paul is relating about the resurrection he says that he appeared to Cephas then the twelve. So Peter could have had some kind of appearance and then dismissed it as a vision. So it was probably. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like and and so he might have told them and they talked him out of it. 
You, you know what I'm saying, Peter? You're being delusional. Yeah, so the proper reading is that those who were there told the two returning that uh, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. It wasn't that Simon was the name of the other guy with. No, yeah, 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 that, that's, yeah. That's because the, that's how I took it, but then you said that about, you know, but the disciples still didn't believe, and so then I was like, wait, maybe I'm seeing that wrong. But when you said that, you know, that despite that, they still didn't believe that makes more sense. Yeah, so I, I think, um, you know, when when you – when you look at it and you, and you and you take First Corinthians fifteen into account that it said he appeared to Cephas then the twelve, mm-hmm. um, that that might help give a little clarity to that. Oh, it was a good question, though. But don't miss the point. The point is that these men were so excited that they turned right around and walked back to go tell them, and that's what I was saying that. That's really pretty good evidence that something, they understood grace, they understood the gospel, they understood what it was all about here. Yeah, because if they're walking at, you know, uh, you know, taking them 30 minutes to go a mile, right, then that's probably, that's three and a half hour walk back after a three and a half hour walk there. Yeah. You know, probably I mean, this time uphill, right, to, to Jerusalem. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and they, they left that hour, you know, basically dinner time like oh man we got to go right back so they you know got there around like what midnight or you know something like that and yeah mm-hmm. I, I think that's evidence to you know their strong conviction about well you know think about it okay like think about how the disciples argued anyway right mm-hmm. and what happens when people undergo stress and duress does it intensify personality conflicts mm-hmm. and so let's say simon like, you know, it says he, he, you know, Christ appeared to Simon and then the 12. Simon comes back, Peter, and goes, hey, guys, I, I saw him. I saw him. I talked with him. Peter, you're out of your mind. Why would he appear to you and not us? Can I mean, you can almost hear the conversations taking place. And it's also easy to say, oh, you know. He just went up through this traumatic thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, like, yeah, yeah. You're just trying to be the leader and say he appeared to you and nobody else or whatever. But you can see um, that it would be easy for them to dismiss that, right? And so uh, they they came back and said, "Guys, he appeared to us and to Simon." Maybe almost validating what Simon said, but they still didn't believe. And and maybe even Simon doubted. Have you ever doubted something? I've doubted something sometime that I know I thought I saw, but I wasn't sure. And somebody tried to talk me out of it, and I'm like, well, maybe I didn't see it, you know? Yeah, I don't think Simon doubted that <laughs> one, though. I, well, he might know. have. I mean, but what I'm saying, it might have thought it was a vision. Right. Like he had the vision, you know, over uh, later in Acts 10, although he hadn't had a vision up to this point. But... You can imagine if you saw somebody crucified and you saw – they did believe in ghosts. Yeah. And so maybe they thought it was a spirit. Which, you know, we're going to talk about it tomorrow, but some some of the things that are in the account, uh, you know, in the verses we're going to read play to that as far as to disprove that Jesus wasn't just a ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously we're going to get into that, but uh, they did have that concept at the time. Yeah. Well, here's the bottom line is these two guys realized – that Jesus suffered and died according to the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And on the third day, he rose from the dead according to the scriptures. Why? Because Jesus explained it to him 
And Jesus is the one that was prophesied on Mount Moriah when Abraham took Isaac up. He is the temple. He's the tabernacle. He's the suffering servant from Isaiah 53. He's the one who was numbered with the transgressors. And he basically, you know, he's the one that can bring a warmness to a cold heart because that's what he did. They were cold and down and discouraged. And, uh, uh, Kent Hughes says we don't need more light we need more heat hmm. and uh, I think he's right sometimes so uh, anyway this is uh, this is going to be the intro into the third story tomorrow basically three different scenes that took place after the resurrection I mean after his resurrection uh, and um I, I, all of them point to scripture. So let God's word be the thing that guides you in your faith, in your belief, in your walk. Um, it is, it is God's source of truth about his son and about Messiah. And, uh, you, you can listen to a good pastor. You can listen to a good teacher, but the bottom line is get into the word yourself. Go read, read Luke. Read Matthew, read James, read John, read Mark. Uh, I don't know why I threw James in there, but uh, James is good too, half-brother of Jesus, right? So uh, anyway, I hope that was encouraging for you today as you heard about these two men on the road to Emmaus tomorrow. We're going to be looking at the third story about Jesus appearing to the apostles as we continue into the resurrection. All right, you've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual